we're looking for the live stream. We have discovered a specific technical issue that uh, we haven't been able to resolve. We are, we are the, the just how long does the mail take and all that kind of stuff. So by next Sunday, all of that should be solved and we shouldn't be having the problems we had for the last few weeks. So if you would reach out to the folks that you know might be looking for a live feed and just kind of say, I think they're going to have it fixed next week. Can you say that with me? I think they're going to have it fixed next week. So really glad to have everyone here. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you got a copy of the Caring and Sharing on your way in. If you didn't, you know that it is always available on the website. And again, I continue to encourage you to, to have your phone with you, have that downloaded Caring and Sharing with you wherever you go. If you have a few minutes just to stop and, and to pray, you can open up that prayer list and have a pretty good idea of some folks that you want to pray for on, at that moment. Uh, even though that we have begun the process of rolling back some of our COVID restrictions, uh, protocols, we, we have not yet and aren't yet uh, starting to, to do communion in the older and traditional passing it way. So if you don't have your Lord's Supper elements, I would encourage, this is a great time to get up. You had to pass the table on your way in and get those. Also, uh, contribution will continue as it has, uh, at least at this point. However, moms and dads, I chose not to spring, you on, spring this on you this Sunday, but instead to give you a week's warning. What would I be giving you a week's warning about that has to do with contribution? Kids gift. Let's hear it for kids gift coming back next Sunday. We're excited about that. So uh, have your, you know, again, I can always tell when mom and dad weren't prepared when I see a little kid walk up here and put a $20 bill in. I'm like, that we're grabbing whatever we've got at that point and putting it in the kids gift. So um, also want to be sure we've, we have so much going on in May. I apologize we haven't mentioned it more, but want to be sure that, our, that you are aware that our May mission emphasis is Andrew, Andrew Bonjanahar. I didn't think Andrew would be the part of that that I would get caught on, um, but his work in Indonesia has been something this congregation has been involved in for a very long time, and particularly his work on the island of Neos is just one of the most fruitful things that is going on around the globe in reality, and we're really thankful for it. Well, it's Mother's Day, and I don't have one in my hand with me. Does somebody have a baby bottle with them handy? Toss it up here to me. No? Okay, Tess does. Thank you, Tess. So Mother's Day signals the beginning of Pregnancy Help Center. Baby bottle, say it with me, baby bottle boomerang. That's one of those fun ones. And uh, that extends all the way through Father's Day. Uh, we choose to make January our month to do emphasis on the Pregnancy Help Center because that aligns with the uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday and their big banquet. But this is one of their major fundraisers. And, and again, this church has supported this fundraiser well every year. Uh, last year, last year, this congregation was the largest contributor in the Baby Bottle Boomerang. And I just want to affirm you for that and affirm your generosity Good things go on, yes. Again, I want to say it's just one of those unique opportunities where we're all believers in that God is the one who gives life, amen, and that life begins at conception in the womb and that we can join together with other people who know God and know Jesus and to support this is a great, great thing. I want to say thank you this morning. Um, it, it really isn't easy to figure out how to uh, balance the needs of everyone. 
but I continue to be in conversation with folks who are nervous about coming back together. We are working very hard to have us all be back together in person. Amen? And, and I know this doesn't go with this outfit. And you might say, Alan, you never have things that go with your outfit. But that you would choose to put a lanyard on is a statement of, I want you to be here. That may not be the first thing that pops in your mind. The first thing that pops in your mind is, I don't want to do that. Or, you can't make me. And the answer to that question is, no, I can't. But I would appeal to the sense of there are people who are nervous about coming back, who are your brothers and sisters in Christ, who I am ready to do a lot of things to help them get back. And this is really a simple one. Amen? And so that's its purpose, and I appreciate you being cooperative. Haven't we had fun having coffee available this morning? And if you didn't come early enough to get coffee, that's not my fault. So thank you very much. We're going to all be standing in a moment, but I'm just going to do it a little bit at a time if I can. I happen to know that we have at least one first-time mother with us today. And if she could stand, and if we could affirm Chelsea and this new baby. I happen to know, nope, don't sit down, we're all going to be standing eventually. I happen to know that we also have a first-time grandmother with us. And if they would stand. If you're a first-time grandmother, would you please stand with us? And now, if I could all ask all those, mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, aunts, all those kinds of things, if you are one of those, would you please stand with us? Because you are a blessing to us. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord... No, please stay standing. The woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And the whole church said... And now I ask all of us to stand. And if you would repeat these words with me. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also... And he praises her. When we give thanks for mothers, please understand that part of the breath in saying, thank you moms, is a statement of thank you God. Because that's where they came from. Amen? And in such a powerful way, who they are as our nurturers is a beautiful, unique reflection of who God is. So again... Turn to somebody new to, next to you and say, I'm thanking God for you. And let's begin our worship. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. kindness of the Savior, the hope of nations. Savior. 
on those in Limitless Kids and Praise Kids, and then our stage two can be dismissed. We have traveled through the storm and seen the wonders you perform. Thank you for today. Thank you for the beautiful weekend you've given us. Lord, we come together thanking you for this congregation meeting together as our numbers are starting to rise. Thank you for the uh, ability to come and to worship you. Thank you for the, the country that we live in that still allows us to meet uh, without a uh, fear that, that we can openly share our, uh, our faith with the world and with each other. Thank you for the congregation. Uh, thank you for each other. Lord, we come together uh, today to point out one day to celebrate motherhood we're grateful for all the women in this congregation we're grateful for each 
of our own mothers and those that surround us. Thank you for inspiring the writer to write Proverbs 31 that lets everyone know that a woman that fears you, worships you, shall be praised. Lord, thank you again for all that you do. We ask that uh, we live our lives according to your will, according to your studies. We ask that you be with Alan today. You give him a good recollection of things he's prepared for us and us as a congregation that we can learn from it, study it, see that it's true, and live better tomorrow than we were today. Forgive us when we fall short and help us as we move forward with lives. Forgive us and give us mercy on that day of judgment that we may share eternity worshiping you. In Jesus' name, amen. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Who loves this mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King of God, all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King of
Good morning, church. I'll be reading scripture this morning from the uh, book of Romans. Before I do that, though, I want to wish all you amazing women of this church a, a blessed and a happy uh, Mother's Day. Romans 8, I won't be reading just four verses, but I love this, this chapter. This chapter is rich with uh, beautiful examples and declarations of who we are, what we are, to whom we belong, where we are at, and why we are. You follow me, if you will. We're going to start reading with 15, verse 15. For you did not receive, you, by the way, that includes us. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you, that's you and I, received the spirit of what? Sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we also may share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. May the Lord bless his word. Let's all be standing. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, like the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, like the glory. Revive us again. We praise thee, O God, for the Spirit. Oh, no. 
very quickly want to be sure we have, uh, do you mind if I borrow yours, Cindy, real quick? Your towel? Oh, we have, have something special for our moms this morning. We, uh, it's a tea towel. Uh, if you can't read it, it says, uh, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised from Proverbs 31.30. If you didn't get one in Bible class or hadn't gotten one yet, they'll be available at the desk in the Welcome Center on your way out. And we would really like for you to be able to take one of those with you and display it proudly on your oven or wherever it is that you hang tea towels and those kinds of things. And by the way, uh, anytime the kids get unreally, you could just point to it. God says, and uh, of course, then again, when your husband misbehaves, you might just kind of, and that'll help in that process. Also, uh, if you'd like to, want to be sure the, the, the Mother's Day cards will be in the front yard all day. If you want to text a friend or something that might enjoy having a picture out there, then feel free to do that. It's open to anyone. We'd be glad to have them. Uh, isn't Ronnie doing a great job with our lawn and our landscaping and all those kinds? Give him a... It was about two weeks ago, and every single bud on that rose bush was alive with pink, reddish flowers. And, and I thought, oh, how terrible. Because in two weeks, there'll be empty buds as opposed to fresh buds for, for Mother's Day. Sorry that we couldn't get that timing exactly right. It's amazing how contrasts are such a theme in the book of Romans. The idea of God's salvation being revealed, but also that contrasted with the reality that God's uh, wrath is being revealed in the world. It is when we understand the world in these contrasts, that there is life and there is death, that there is sin and there is, is forgiveness and new life in Christ, that there is an old way that is slavery to sin and that there is a new way where we are slaves to God, amen? That there is an old way that was about the way of the law. And the way of the Spirit is contrasted with that. And we looked at that last week and it makes such a difference. And as that passage closed, and this is so typical of Paul, anytime you have a, a word that closes a section, he almost always points towards what's coming next. That the present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed, about to be revealed, and then it's kind of interesting that that glory is going to be revealed in you. It is appropriate that Mother's Day falls on this passage because the process of becoming a mother is such a powerful example. In fact, it's such a powerful example that in verse 22 in this section, he will point to it and say it's, it's like the woman who is in the pangs of childbirth and the suffering that takes place. And what we know about the suffering of bearing children, and sorry, let me be sure and say, what I know vicariously and what so many of you know very, very, very personally, um, it's not all that easy to vicariously observe this pain, just so you know. And, and I realize it's not the same, but those of us who, who say, breathe, breathe, you can do it, also, you know, kind of have a struggle with that as well. But it's interesting how the, the suffering is not just about that last phase. It is not just about the idea that we're going to move from a baby inside to a baby that's in the world. The suffering of, of, bearing chill, of, of, of being pregnant and bringing a child in the world starts very early in the process. Uh, we, were, we were blessed to have one child that there was almost no 
morning sickness, and then we had another child, and there was morning sickness. Elise had morning sickness nearly to the day she delivered this last baby, Maddie. And the pains of your body changing, the soreness of your back, and then the, those little tinges that tell us that something's about to change. Paul grabs that, and he says, you need to understand that this is where we are. We are in the world in a sense of moving from one place to another. We are in a place where the reality of a birth of a new child has, has been revealed and is sure. Is Christ coming again? Amen? Is the resurrection of one become, going to become the resurrection of all? And the answer is yes. And we know that that day is coming. Our hope and our faith is in that day. But between the day of Jesus' resurrection... And all the days of our joining in that resurrection through the waters of baptism until the day when he comes again and makes all things new. All of those days are about a level of suffering. I want to read from uh, some more verses in this section. Let's continue. We'll pick up in verse 18. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay. I just want to comment very quickly here. Paul's image here is the very first page of the Bible. That there was a time when the creation itself was part of the glorious, glorious way in which Jesus was resurrected. It didn't experience decay. It didn't experience death and decline. Now, I want to be sure and say, I have no idea what this looks like. I don't know what the, the garden before the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the idea that we're going to choose our own path of good and bad, I don't know what the garden was like before that, but I, I believe, and I think Paul is trying to express to us, that even if we go to the most beautiful garden we can find, and it's full of the most beautiful flowers and, and blooming trees, and maybe a tree not only that has the, the blooms of the buds, but also has the fruit hanging on it. No matter how green and lush the ground is, no matter how much there are no mosquitoes and no fire ants. Somebody say amen. No matter how wonderful your picture is of what this creation can be, it is not exactly the way God created it. And yes, you and I can sit and we can wonder at the glory. We, we got to take the kids to Yosemite one year and you just sit in one place and you literally look in 360 degrees, any direction you look, and it just takes your breath away and you say, God! But I want to tell you that what the world will be when Jesus makes all things new will not just take our breath away, it will cause us to fall down in absolute worship at the goodness of God. Amen? And so Paul points back and says, you need to understand that, the creation, that you as human beings are not the only ones who are suffering through this time before all things are made new again. That creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will attain the freedom, the glory of the children of God. Verse 22. 
We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains. There it is until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait. We wait for it with patience. This entire set of chapters, going all the way back to chapter 5 and and leading through, and in reality will push on through 9, 10, and 11, is a very different kind of approach to the way Paul has talked about sin and salvation in the first four chapters. This is a big picture view. And the idea is that sin and its impact is much more than just the idea that you and I sometimes often grapple with, the idea that I fail or that I have failures, or that I'm incomplete, or that I am broken, and that something is going on that, that I can't get completely right. Because what Paul points to, and again, he points back to that first page of the Bible. Maybe we at this point should say the second page of the Bible. Where what God made right, we decided, no, no, we can make it righter. And in choosing, that, choosing to say that we can make it righter, Death came into the world. And there's a lot of ways that we can kind of contemplate that. Decay, destruction, the actual reality that humans will step into death at some day. day. But more than that, the creation itself was changed. So the power of sin and understand the impact of the agents of God You remember those six days of creation? God stopped on the sixth day and he said, this is the one. I don't care how beautiful the birds are. I don't care how beautiful the skies and mountains are. I don't care how beautiful the sky filled with stars is. I want you to know what bears my image and is my representative. And that is these human kinds. And I don't think that we realize the impact that we as humans have on the world. Because it was not the creation that decided, you know what, I think we'll figure out how to do this on our own. Have you ever noticed as the seven, six days, sorry, a created order comes together? When God says something to creation, other than humankind, guess what? It is done. When the storm was raging on the sea, Jesus said, be still. And the storm had no choice but to obediently stop. So different than humankind. And so it is that the sin of Adam and Eve as they in the garden decide, no, 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 I'll choose what's right and wrong, has been perpetuated. Pick your number, thousands, tens of thousands, whatever your number is, has been perpetuated from all of us, by all of us, as we participate in that same process. For God's wisdom and his love is revealed in his word, amen, and that we choose to say, no, I think I can decide better. I think I'll define what the good and the bad is. I'll define what the right and the wrong is. And in that, the world continues to struggle in what it awaits. Sin is more than my failings and brokenness. You see, when we understand the world in this way and we start to be able to paint the picture to people in our lives who say things like, how can a good God let that happen? Have you ever heard that phrase before? 
How can a, a loving God let such terrible things happen? There is a very clear answer. A loving God didn't make those things happen. Sin and brokenness has come into the world and it has been manifested in so many ways that we can't count. Amen? If I just break it down to the very simple idea of God's desire to love us and His call for us to love Him and in loving Him to love our neighbor, if we could just be in the process of really figuring out what it is to love others in the world, how different is that from a world that tries to leverage every bit of power that it can to tear down other people. To say, if you belong in this category, which always, by the way, I don't belong to, right? Mine is a better category. If you belong in this category, then I can just run over you. I don't even have to act like you're human, let alone think that you deserve the love that God has given me, even though I don't deserve it. You see, sin, sin and all its implications is what's wrong with the world. What's wrong with the world is not that God doesn't love us. God has sent Jesus. He didn't send him on a throne. He didn't send him with, with chariots carrying him down the road. He didn't send him with people fanning him so that he would always be nice. He didn't send him with people who were always going to wash his feet and make sure that he was clean, had the best sandals all the time. He sent him in abject, in reality, abject poverty. And then he sent him to the cross. What has God done to break the power of sin? Absolutely everything that needs to be done. And Paul says, when we understand the world that way, we have to understand the necessity of the Spirit in our lives. Because the, the, the atomish part of us is still there. The implication of sin is still at work in fleshly things. And, and in reality, you know, again, I can just testify how many times. The, the frailty and the fragility of the flesh, and, and as it decays and declines, is still there. But inside me is something different. Inside me is something that is already being made new. Paul will say it in this way as we continue reading from chapter 8. Picking up in verse 26. The same way that as we closed out last week, the Spirit told us to say, Abba, Father. Recognize that the Spirit tells us we're children. The Spirit likewise helps us in our weakness. For we don't know how to pray or how to talk to God, how to, how to reach out to Him. But that very Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit. And I'm here we have lots of interpretations of this idea. But I want to say to you, I believe that what he's trying to get across is that within us, when the Spirit comes, it's not just a transformation of heart and soul and strength it is a transformation of the mind and that our mind is being renewed to desire the things of God and the things of the spirit and so because and God who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God verse 28 we know that all things work together for good through those who love the Lord who are called according to his purpose we can bend those words in lots of ways. 
but they're not intended to be taken. Sometimes we say, oh, that means that nothing bad will ever happen to me. I would say to you that the exact opposite is exactly what Paul is pointing to. He's talking to some people, Jewish Christians, who've been literally uprooted from their homes and told they have to leave town. I don't know how much we've thought about the the struggles of a quarantined, pandemic world. But I promise you, it isn't anything to compare with the idea of the government walking into your home and saying, you got 24 hours to be out. Where are we supposed to go? And the answer was, we don't care. Because what you will be is out. And Paul says, God's even going to use this for his good. Because the Spirit is inside you. Just one example. Aquila and Priscilla go to Corinth. They are people from Rome, probably Jewish Christians. They come to, to, to Corinth. They run into a guy named Apollos and a guy named Paul. And the ministry of the church is expanded. And may not have been the same if they hadn't have been in Corinth. So the question is not, why are all these bad things happening to me? To me? The question for those of the Spirit will always be, what is God doing, even with these struggles, to shape me? But you know what? It's more than just shaping you. It is to shape the kingdom of God. I've begun to pray this prayer as I pray over people who are sick. Father God, I just pray. This is kind of how I close out. If this is repetitious for you, my apologies. Father God, I just want to pray as we pray for this healing, as we pray for all things to come together in this surgery or or whatever it may be, that above all, we will look for the way that you will be glorified through it. There'll be a day when the answer from the oncologist for me is likely not to be, it's going away. Someday, it will be no, nothing else to do. I'm clear now, thankful for that. But when that day comes, I believe all the things that I've gone through in that process and even the way that I will die can be something that I can point to God and say, God, I want you to be glorified in this. And I will quote this verse. All things, all things work together for those who love the Lord And if I could just say it, because Paul's implying it here, who let the Spirit live in them. Amen? When all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose, for those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn with a large family. And those He predestined also called, and those He called, He also justified, and those He justified, He also glorified. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to unravel predestination today. And all the mothers in the audience say, you don't want me to do that on your... I can promise you that we're, we are going to preach through chapters 9, 10, and 11. And I've got more to say about this. But at this point, I want you to understand very quickly that the predestination language has a whole lot less to do about what individuals are going to experience and a whole lot more about... When we turn our lives into God and we let the Spirit work in us, nothing can keep us from God. He will see it through. Somebody say amen to that. There are many more things to say. Today is not the day.
Last week we looked at the law of the Spirit. That is to say that we can't earn what Jesus is doing for, and what Jesus has done for that. And I'm living in response of what he's accomplished in me. And I'm not working alone. I have the Spirit of God partnering with me to be what he wants me to be. Somebody say amen. But I also want to tell you that there is the help of the Spirit. And again, we're never working alone, are we? Again, we have the Spirit of God partnering with us to be what he wants us to be. But as the Spirit works, the help of the Spirit, we have to proclaim that what God is doing in me and in me for the world is bigger than I can see. How many times in your life have you stopped and thought, oh my goodness, how did we get here? I would have never thought I would have gotten here. Nor, by the way, would you have made the choice way back when that would have gotten you to this place. And yet God led you down this path and suddenly you arrive and it's like, wow. We're never going to see all that God wants to do. In the same way that we can't really grasp in our finite minds what new creation will completely be. But I need, finally, need the Spirit to wait patiently and to pray effectively in this process. Prayer is not just the idea that I'm going to sit down every once in a while and stop and say, God, I need your help for something, or God, I want you to help this other person, those kind of things. Prayer is the idea that I'm in relationship with God. And if I'm a person who is filled by the Spirit, and by the way, you are, then I want to be in constant conversation with God, don't I? Because I want that spirit to come out more. I want him to be revealed more in me. I want, I want God's glory that I can't fully grasp to be a little bit more of everything that I do. The help of the spirit. I would ask you three things as we wait with the spirit. As we're in this time of groaning and suffering and waiting for all the good that God wants to bring to be revealed. Again... It isn't about the idea of just stating the reality. I know that I have the Spirit. The preacher said it. The Scripture said it over me when I was baptized. It is the idea that I will say, I want to be a person of the Spirit. And Spirit, today I want more of you. Can you say that with me? Today I want more of you. Secondly, are you finding time in your life to be still enough to hear the Spirit point you Toward the work of the Lord. I think you feel it constantly. This little. Eh, I need to stop here. I need to speak to that person. I need to pick something up for somebody. But are we still enough. Ever in our lives. Do we turn the stinking. Connection to the world. That is with us all the time. Do we turn it off long enough to say. God please speak. I want to hear your spirit within me. I want you to point me in the right directions. And finally, if we're going to be people who wait on the spirit, it's about never quitting. This isn't about the idea of, of saying, you know, I'm not going to give up on Jesus. Please don't give up on Jesus. Amen? But it's the idea that I know that God's not finished with me yet 
and I'm not going to give up no matter how much I feel like, no, 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 the Spirit it can't be part of me because it would never do these kinds of bad things. And we don't quit that the Spirit isn't done yet. And sometimes what we discover is even in our brokenness and our mistakes that God can use those and leverage those even in a bigger way to bring about greater good because the Spirit is at work in our lives. So we mentioned Proverbs 31 quite a bit on Mother's Day. And, and, and I know at least one woman who, who doesn't like Proverbs 31 being quoted all the time because isn't it this incredible, idyllic picture? Right? How many of you are out there doing dyeing cloth with purple on a regular basis and weaving good cloth so that your children will never be cold and all those kinds of things? Who's storing up for the winter, right? Putting the, all those good things. My mom did a great job, but you know what I'm most thankful of? She didn't ever quit. Did she do it all perfectly all the time? The answer is no. But she didn't quit because she made a mistake. And she hasn't quit till this day. And I'm thankful to be married to a woman who doesn't quit. Moms, thank you for not quitting. Not quitting on yourself, not quitting on God, and not quitting on us, us who so much need you to care for us. The passage closes with this phrase, those he justified, those he made right, that's, that's you and I, those of us who've joined in with God and allowed his spirit to become part of us through the waters of baptism, we're the ones that he's made right. He will glorify us. I, I beg you, don't quit on what God wants to do in your life. Invite him to get a little more engaged. And let's watch as he shapes in all of us. Not only what he wants me to be as a person, but what he wants us to be as his church. Nobody's with us online. There's no reason to say this. Boy, you get in habits, don't you? I'm ready to start that conversation right now with anybody. If you want to start it or continue it, please find someone to visit with, talk with, and share with. Because we want to grow in God. Amen? Let's stand as we sing. Lord, let your grace spread from your hands fall us. Lord, let your grace spread from your hands fall us. That we may be saved.
seated. If you haven't picked up your children from uh, their children's worship, you should do that at this time. Breathe on me, breath of God, fill me with life anew, that I may love what Thou dost love, and do what Thou wouldst do. This morning I got the privilege of teaching Joanne Taylor's first, second, and third graders. And what it was was the story of the bronze snake that they got in and they looked at the manna and said, ooh, yuck, manna again. Well, it comes back and as we go through and look at this, and this comes back to John chapter 6. Where Jesus, again, uh, expresses, right after he's fed 5,000, they ask for a, a miracle, and he says to them, I am the bread of life. And they go, ooh, yuck. Okay, I've been teaching young ones too long. They grumbled, ooh, yuck, not this. How can this happen? And then I'm going to read from the gospel, beginning in verse 53. I tell you the truth. Unless you can, here, take this off. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so that the one who feeds on me will live because of me. 
This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate man and died, but he who feeds on the bread on this bread will live forever. Everybody understands that he's talking about eating his eating his flesh and drinking his blood as a metaphor for this communion that we're about to partake. That how we partake of this communion, it brings us closer to God. It brings us, this is a memorial of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that as he was raised from the dead, we too will one day be raised. So let's pray. Our Holy Father, we thank you for this bread. This bread that is the bread of life, this bread that is your, the body, this bread that means so much in so many ways, and it is hard for us to fathom all of the true meaning and understanding of this communion. But we thank you for this bread, and we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, because it's in his name we pray. Amen. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its, its lamp. Our Holy Father, we thank you for this fruit of the vine, represents the blood, the blood shed for us, the blood that as we partake of this, that we discern the blood of Christ that was shed for our sins so that we can have the opportunity of forgiveness of sin to live with you eternally. We thank you for the, for the gift of Son, Jesus. Then the angel showed me the river of water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. Lastly, we want to give thanks to God for the gifts he's given us and the gift of generosity he's given this congregation. Our Holy Father, thank you. You've blessed us in so many ways, and we know that the offering we give back is just a small portion of all that we have for you, all that you've given us, but that you will use this gift to glorify us in the last day. You'll use this gift so that we can glorify you in this, con in this world and in this city. For we pray in the name of your son, Jesus.
just want to say hello and thank you to all the moms out there. Appreciate it. It's been mentioned many times. I'd like to thank everyone for being here today. Uh, it hasn't been mentioned, but if you'll notice in front of the chair in front of you is visitor cards, the light blue one. Uh, if you're visiting with us, we would ask that you please fill one out. Uh, just put as much information you're comfortable with, your name or whatever, fill it out front to back if you wish. Uh, you can hand it to somebody or there may be a box back there you can put it in. If you've been visiting for some time but the cards were not available, please fill one out at this time so we'll have a record of it. Thank you very much. Um, appreciate that a lot. Uh, also, we once again want to always thank you for your financial support. Uh, this is what allows us to continue the ministry of the work of God. Uh, Sunday, May 23rd, two weeks from today, we will honor our graduates on Sunday night. We have nine, I believe, if I count it correctly, their names are in the bulletin. Please grab a bulletin, read it from front to back, cover to cover. A lot of information here, but their names are printed in here, and that will be two weeks from today. We will honor our graduates from high school. We also have a list of some college graduates, okay? We've got... Uh, four of them on here that's listed, and the congratulations are in order for them as, as well. Um, life groups, I want to always remind you about our life groups. That's been rather chaotic, but we're still struggling and doing a lot of good work there. And uh, please check with your life group leaders. Uh, opening doors this morning uh, did the women's ministry. And after they were finished, I was thinking, what's left for the guys to do? <laughs> Seems like they're doing everything. I do want to repeat a story that Arlene mentioned this morning. Our son-in-law, quote, raised in the church, Sunday morning, about once a month, all of his life, and he just kind of said, well, he just really couldn't see much of a need for church. And then his father passed away, and the women were there with food and cards and love. And another time in his life that he had a uh, loss in his life and once again the ladies were there with the food the love you know Jesus said wash feet and you're washing feet when you're doing that and two weeks from today he said and then he said now I see a need for church he became involved he started in a deacon training program two weeks from today he will be installed as a deacon this ministry that you ladies are doing and us guys can I was going to ask this morning if us guys could cook food okay oh they said yes okay and so but that is a that is showing the love of jesus so anyway that was this morning if you missed it there's a recording it was great thank you ladies it was good next week physical properties and security um we have a couple of, at least one note from kevin mcbrayer and his new wife elisa and uh that's in here so you can read that thank you note from them it was good to i finally got to meet them that was great that was wonderful uh speaking of meeting people we have some new members, old members that are re coming back. If y'all stand up, Valises, George and Amanda, I'm sure everyone knows them, but stand up. Where's George? Did he run off? All right. As long as we got Amanda here, that's, that's all that matters, right? And they're three lovely daughters, so welcome them back. Glad to have y'all. We're excited. And uh, there's George now. Thank you, George. Everyone turn around and look at George and try to embarrass him as much as you can. All right, so uh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate uh, those that are coming back. The building's getting fuller. You know, I was one that didn't realize what a good thing service was. With someone who's basically, the mom brought me to church, 
every time the doors was open. And I didn't know what it was like to go without church. And then the, the panic, panic, whatever the heck it was, hits. And we don't have church service. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I miss it. I didn't realize. You don't realize. You know, that was saying, you don't realize what a good thing it is until it's gone. And when we didn't have church service every Sunday, anyway, gone long enough. Uh, if you would, join me in prayer. Our most gracious, kind, loving Heavenly Father, we just want to hold up the ladies to you, the women that minister in your service, in your field, and just all the good things that they do behind the scenes, the thankless job that they do over and over. We just also want to hold up our mothers this morning uh, for, for them, for what they have done, that they uh, do your work, do your service tirelessly, endlessly, 24-7. We just thank you for that. Uh, Lord, we just pray for those that not only are expecting here in the next few months, but for those young ladies in this audience that someday may be mothers, that, that we can help prepare them to uh, continue the good work, to raising children, to being good wives, uh, working in the service, in the in your kingdom. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for uh, everything that you've done for us. Please forgive us of our sins, and we just thank you for this forgiveness that we have in Jesus as his blood was shed on the cross. In your son's name we pray, amen. Let's all be standing for our closing song. My soul magnifies. 